From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. and welcome to the CQ Budget Podcast. I am your guest host this week, Jennifer Shutt, filling in for David Lerman while he's out of the office. And joining me to talk about all things fiscal 2020 and spending bill related is senior budget reporter Paul Krawczak. Jen, thanks for inviting me. Great to have you here. So do you want to walk us through where we're at in the fiscal 2020 process right now and then what is going to be happening in the next two weeks as we head towards this November 21st funding deadline. Right. So as you said, the the stopgap spending measure runs through November 21st, and Congress has to pass another stopgap spending measure after that to continue funding, or there there would be a, a government shutdown. It would still sort of be a partial government shutdown, but it would be a very full partial government shutdown because none of the appropriations bills have been passed by the House and the Senate yet. Uh, The House has passed 10 of its 12 bills, and the Senate now has passed four of its bills. Um, So where we are is um, the the House and the Senate are trying to reach agreement on common allocations for the 12 spending bills so that they 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 have the same allocation for the agriculture bill, for the defense bill, and so on and so forth, if they can get common allocations, um, then it will be easier for the Senate to pass some of its other bills and then also for the House and Senate to conference their bills and hopefully uh, pass bills that become law. Right. But we don't think they're going to be able to do that before the November 21st deadline, right? That's going to take a little bit longer. Well, that, I mean, they certainly will not be passing any bills into law before November 21st. Um, what did happen last week, though, is the, uh, the House and Senate appropriations staff, the leadership staff, White House staff, they all met last week. And what they basically agreed on was to at least try to reach agreement on these allocations before they reach agreement on the big issue that's out there, which is wall funding. And so how are conversations going between Democrats and Republicans in the White House for getting this second temporary spending bill? Well, that's, that's a good question because um, there, there is an argument over how long the bill should last. Um, the House Appropriations Committee, uh, Democrats, they have been arguing for... Um, a, a, a stopgap that would go into early February, which would provide time for impeachment and also provide time for the the bills to get conferenced and passed. Um, Senator McConnell has been pushing for um, a stopgap that would only go into December, uh, December 13 or a week later. I think that's December 20, I think. Um, and the, the White House has not expressed a preference one way or the other as far as how long the stopgap goes, but um, it looks like there is some momentum behind the idea of having a stopgap go into December, even though clearly, um, or at least most likely, all the appropriations bills would not be passed and signed into law by that time. 
um, and another stopgap probably would, would be required. So why does Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell want this shorter stopgap as compared to one that gets Congress all the way through the impeachment process? Well, he would like to, he believes that it would be a spur to um, finishing some of these appropriations bills. Um, and, and he, I mean, by all accounts, he wants to get appropriations bills passed. And that makes sense because he's the leader of the Senate. He wants to show that the Senate is working. Um, it, it, kind of an interesting thing is the, the um, House Majority Leader uh, Stanley Hoyer has, is also pushing for a stopgap that goes into December rather than into February. And Speaker Nancy Pelosi has said that that her goal is to pass all the appropriations bills by December. She hasn't said that's likely to happen, but she's she said that's her goal. So even among some House leaders, there is this idea of having the stopgap um, go into December rather than punting all the way into February. And that makes sense because... Um, you know, some of the criticism Speaker Pelosi is getting is that Democrats are pushing off legislative business because they're focused on impeachment. And, I mean, Pelosi, Pelosi clearly would, would, like, would like to make the case that Democrats are doing both, that they can do impeachment and they can do legislation as well. But it would be pretty challenging for, for Speaker Pelosi and for Democrats to get agreement on the border wall, right? They're much further apart this year than they were last year. Last year, the Trump administration originally asked for $1.6 in wall funding. Then they, after, on a bipartisan basis, that $1.6 was included in the Senate appropriations bill. They asked for $5 billion, and in the end, after that 35-day government shutdown, they got $1.375 billion for wall funding. So there was less of a gap last year between what the Trump administration wanted and what Congress could agree to on a bipartisan basis. It seems to me like this year they're much further apart, and we are also much closer to the 2020 elections, which sort of adds additional pressure on Democratic leaders and Republican leaders to some degree to kind of hold their ground here. So I'm curious if you think that this will all end in maybe a year-long stopgap for the Homeland Security Department, which includes Customs and Border Protection and ICE and FEMA, or if you think there can be some bipartisan, bicameral solution, or if maybe everything goes sort of haywire like it did last year at the last minute and we get another shutdown over the border wall. Well, it's it's hard to know, but the um, on the one hand, the White House... Uh, probably would not be that upset with a year-long, a full-year CR for Homeland Security. Um, it would that would pr continue to provide the what like almost 1.4 billion for the wall. That that would be in that that CR. But um, all what all what also would be in the CR. Um, well, if everything if everything was CR'd, um, you would continue to have the transfer authority in these bills which the White House wants. Uh, to move money between certain accounts to the border wall, right, which is something right. that's, that's created a lot of frustration on Capitol Hill. Right, and that's the other big issue besides the wall because, um, because President Trump um, is, is transferring 
defense funds to the wall right now, and he wants to continue to do that. Um, and the and Democrats are determined to take away, restrict that authority. So that's a big flashpoint right there. So if you had a continuing resolution for the whole year, it, it would preserve the current wall funding and it would also prefer the, uh, it preserve this transfer authority. Now, the, the, the problem with, I mean, one of the reasons that I think we are probably more likely to get bills passed than a CR for everything is because of the importance of the defense bill. The defense bill is very important to Republicans in particular and also important to Democrats. And, and you are going to be, if you go with the CR at current year levels, uh, you are going to be um, leaving aside you know, tens of billions of dollars that was added from the, the budget deal. Um, of course, there's always the possibility they could do a CR where they raise the spending levels up to the current cap levels. But I know this is a long answer to a short question, but just to finish it off, um, there is one problem with passing some of the bills and then just doing um, a CR for Homeland Security, and that is the, the, the White House is concerned about this idea because the wall is such a high priority of the president, the White House is concerned about the, a scenario where you pass certain bills, but, but then you just do a Homeland Security bill at current levels. So that would be a concern, but it could still happen. Okay. And we will be tracking all of that here at CQ Roll Call. Thank you for joining me, Paul. Thanks very much. CQ Budget is produced by CQ Roll Call, a leader in nonpartisan political and policy news and analysis for more than 70 years. CQ Roll Call is part of FiscalNo, a global technology and media company. 